Chris, do the intro. <laughs> Let's get this show Um, on the road. I got to get in the right headspace. We've been fighting with our, our just we've been fighting with fighting with the network for so long. Technology, yeah. Let me just breathe it in. I I took all that slippery elm bark so long ago now, and it's it's all wasted. Are you fading now? You're fading. Your voice is cracking. No, I'm just. Come on, get your philanthropical vibe on. I'm gonna get into character. Yeah. You're Chris Rumpf, backer. Come on. Oh, I almost had it. I almost had it. Here we go. Let me try <laughs> Come again. Come on, swing it. Hello, and welcome to Backers, a fortnightly podcast where we explore the most compelling campaigns in a random category on Kickstarter, and we each pick a campaign to back. We are your host, Chris Rumpf, that's me, and Brian Dupuy, my right. co-host. And this week, we're talking about what we backed in the crafts category. Oh, my Hey, Brian. Hey, buddy. We <laughs> finally doing made it. it. It's we're only fine. an oh, hour man. since we're supposed Stuff. to start. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, right on the dot. An hour. <laughs> yes. Just battling network gremlins. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear about that, though. Let's let's no. tune into a podcast and listen to about their network troubles. So yeah, crafts. Let's talk about crafts, baby. Yeah. Let's talk about you and me. <laughs> let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that, that could be. Let's talk about crafts. <laughs> Let's talk about crafts. Okay. Okay. Now you're in the right headspace. Yeah, I was feeling it. So, before we get into crafts, didn't you find something novel about, uh, say, a fellow backer? I did. I sent you that because I was wondering if this uh, journey that we've embarked on, trying to back something out of every category in Kickstarter and talk about it, just sharing this time together, if we were walking down a dark path... That apparently others have walked down before. Uh-huh. And what did you find? I did. I came across this article on, and it was just apropos of what we've been doing. I didn't go searching for it. It just happened to come across uh, Mashable. Is that where I found it? Mashable. Yes. Mashable. Mashable. Mash- mash- mashable. Mash- mashable. Mash- <laughs> mash- <laughs> now I've said Late it too many Friday, times. It has man. no meaning. This is fantastic. Mash- mashable. A Kickstarter addict. Mm-hmm. was reflecting on backing, get this, $16,000 worth of board games over the last two years. And I love it. Regrets everything. Oh God. Are we are we headed for this? Is this our lives? Uh, Is this what we're going to become? No, because he spent $16,000 on more than 150 board game projects. And at most, we're doing like, what, 12? Uh, 15, right? Is it 15? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, you're talking an order of magnitude more. So, conceivably, if 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 everything works out linearly, we should only spend a maximum of $1,600, <laughs> which is much better, right? It depends, man. It depends on how, how far down you back, right? Yeah. If you I want mean, your you... visit from your comic god, like... Uh, who was it last week? I already forgot his name. I'm so sorry. Kevin Eastman. Kevin Eastman. That's the one. You can go and have uh, sushi in a tiki bar with Kevin Eastman and talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for, what was it? 3000 I, I think it was, I, I think it was substantially less than 16000 Right. So that would be uh, a bargaining comparison. Yeah. I could do it like five times. But I love how this guy 
regrets everything. That's what the in that what the title is. He just regrets all of it. <laughs> I got to the end and looked back, and none of it was good. None of it was worthwhile. It's like <laughs> I think maybe what he uncovered was yeah not an issue with Kickstarter, but I think he has maybe mm. another life problem that he needs to work out. <laughs> you have other issues. This is just a I mean, maybe a not to make light issue. of it, but a serious like an addiction. Yeah, like just a problem. Yeah. I thought it was interesting, too, that it all came from the games category, board games category. I mean, we know some people at work that love board games. I can't see them spending $16,000 on 150 of them, though. Yeah, I think the most things that I've backed have come out of the board games category, too, but I'm I'm far short of $16,000. But you do have a lot of paintables miniatures sitting in a closet somewhere. So maybe what I need to find is a project that we can back where I get paint, paint and brushes, because that's got to be next to my list. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's cool. Like reading that article really did, I don't know, shed some light on, I mean, yeah, there's a hardcore addiction to anything. This guy sort of found that in the Kickstarter world, but it started to make me think about what is it about Kickstarter that even tickles those uh, areas, right? That mm-hmm. can kind of, kind of lure someone into that. Um, and in his case, it was that fear of missing out. And a lot of times, Kickstarter Ooh, okay. projects, they'll have something to offer that you won't be able to get maybe for a long time in retail or maybe even a, a Kickstarter exclusive that you never get. And where this guy found himself was you know, never wanting to miss out on anything, always wanting to be in that club of having the exclusive thing and I think getting caught up in the hype too, when you see a project rising the boards and getting a lot of popularity, it's that fear of missing out that you want to be a part of that tribe. You want to be the first to have something as well. That's so valid. I guess it's just a cautionary tale of, and I guess we always sign off with please back responsibly. <laughs> responsibly. Right? So, um, yeah. I think this is just a great, we we Great chose our sign like off well. Can go off the rails and go wrong. You did. <laughs> yeah. All credit to you, man. That's that's beautiful. <laughs> so yeah. So we'll have to endeavor to to do it responsibly. Yep. Hey, man. What are you drinking tonight? We usually cover that in our sh- short history here. We always seem we to do. cover what we're drinking. I'm actually drinking absolutely nothing tonight. No slippery Elmabach. No bourbon. I had a beer at dinner and I'm fighting a headache and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to have some water before I do this and that's it. So I'm boring. Get your hydration on. I've had my slippery Elma bark. And it's already and wearing off. Now I'm my own personal witch's brew here. A Saison <laughs> that I, I brewed up a few months ago. <gasps> oh, that's right. Look at that color. Mm-hmm. You can't see it, listeners, but it's a beautiful golden. Yeah. yeah Chris is a I tell you what, uh, this is a reasonable segue back into our category. We're talking about crafts this week. It's a, I would call it a tough space. That was not, that was not the easiest category to go through, but uh, we were going to talk about it later, but why not? There's some misrepresented or maybe another case of campaigns that don't necessarily fit into the category that they got filed in. So. There's a craft brewery in the crafts category. It's God. got the word craft in it, so it must count, right? 
I guess what that uncovered for me was just the fact that there's no oversight on Kickstarter in terms mm. of where you can pitch your idea or project. Sure. It just seems like, I mean, we ran into this before in some other categories, but this one really seemed to have just a hodgepodge of projects that you look at them and they just seem tangentially at best related to crafts and in some cases <laughs> not at all. Yes. So yeah, that was that was one of the more egregious ones. Yeah, so there was indeed a, a Kickstarter project trying to raise funds for Snow Peak Brewing Company, a craft brewery. Which, mm-hmm. Okay. It's crafts, and last I checked, they're actually <laughs> Brian, they're they're fairly close to meeting their goal. Are they really? Oh, good on them. They, uh, I guess they chose their category well, right? Yeah, as of today, um, the September 22nd, they are four days to go. Their pledge goal is $25,000. They're at 14000 and change. I mean, it's looking pretty much like they're not going to make it, but still, right. $14,000. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think my favorite one in this category of the are you kidding me variety was the open a boutique hotel in Phuket, Thailand. Cause that's a craft. Yeah. You found, you found the winner. I did. How? All right. Connect the dots for me, Brian. I can't even start at the first dot. It, <laughs> it's not a craft. It's not a hobby. It's not a art. I can't even begin to understand how that process worked for them to think, I'm going to put this in the crafts category and give it a shot. Maybe they offer as activities macrame or... Cross-stitch. Cross-stitch. Okay. Decoupage. (laughs) Paper mache. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's their end. I got got nothing. Okay. It's just... Yeah, this really felt Mm -hmm. like the feast or famine category of Kickstarter campaigns. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I gotta admit, I was kind of uninspired by most of what I I saw in here. Dutifully, I did complete the mission this week. I did back <laughs> something. I got through, but yep. we um, both did. it was it was pretty pretty tough for me, even more so than where we've been. Yeah, it feels like this category was less well funded overall. I mean, you could scroll through. It was what there were. Somewhere north of 100, 160 projects, is that correct, campaigns? And if you scrolled through and looked at the most funded, for instance, if you sorted by that and started scrolling down, it wasn't long before you started hitting those 0%, 0 dollars, 0 pounds campaigns that just got nothing. And then you're scrolling through pages of $0 campaigns, and that's a that's tough. Right. So I even pulled up some numbers because I was looking at mm. the just category, looking at the projects of despair rolling by with nobody giving <laughs> any interest to them whatsoever. And I was like, just curious, is it as bad as it had been in previous weeks? And at the time I looked, which was Thursday, September 21st, mm. there were 100, 126 live projects. And those funded at 100% or greater, so that it, you know closed out their funding goals, were 24, which wow. is about 19%. Right. And then the next step that uh, Kickstarter lets you sort on is those projects that are 75 to 100%, and there were four. Mm-hmm. So four out of 126. Four. And then oh funded my. at less than 75% were, yeah, 98. 
So, Gosh. still about twenty percent fully funded, one out of five. But it really didn't feel that way. No. And then it did I was not. curious. Well, how does that compare to, to like we looked at comics, and then I pulled up the stats on games too because I just sort of felt like games was probably a category that has a lot more interest and just Support. activity in it. And so in comics, yeah, comics, there were total live of 180 projects. Games had 579. But wow. both of those were almost 30% funded. So, yeah, considerably less number of funded projects and crafts, right? And so yeah. that got me like just wondering overall, how do these statistics play out a lot of times on Kickstarter? And I actually found that on Kickstarter's help page, you can get statistics. We'll put those in the show notes. You can get a link to that page, but I looked and I found that Crafts overall has the second fewest number of successfully funded projects among all the categories, um, oh, wow. with a total of 1,980. And then the very last is journalism at 999, so that's a pretty distant last, but we <laughs> ended up in the week, in this, this week in a category, Crafts, that really does have, like I said, the second fewest number of successfully funded projects. So... I think that there's some data there backing up like how we felt about this. Yeah. I find it interesting that dance as few projects as there are right now doesn't appear either last or second to last in, in that category. And yet we've been fearing that category for a while now. You mentioned it and I just got a big pit in my stomach. Oh, I'm terrified of dance, Brian. The return of rock. I just rock don't cut. know what we're going to find in there. Yeah. And I keep looking because we mentioned before, like, okay, maybe when it gets to 30, we'll go ahead and dip our toe in that water. And now we've just decided, I think next week we're going to just get in there just regardless. Um, <laughs> just power so through. I don't, I don't know what we're going to find. Uh, maybe I have a little bit of, uh, I don't know, maybe feel a little bit bolstered that we'll find something good in there based okay. on the stats. But I still think just at the total number of projects that are outstanding, we're going to find it. it's going to be a tough week. Yeah. But you know what? Positive, upbeat, and winning. We can do this. We can do this. I feel it. One of the things on that help stats page that I found most interesting is just the total, the huge amount of money sourced through Kickstarter to these campaigns that actually got delivered to people. $3.3 billion has gone into Kickstarter and out to (laughs) creative people. That's a lot of cash, Jack. It is. And what I, I tell you, what's surprising to me is, so that's $3.3 billion for o, a little bit over 40 million total independent pledges. And if you work out the average of that, that's 80 bucks a pledge. That That's on average across 40 million of them, 80 bucks a pledge. And you know, there's plenty of those, you know, like we talked about the $1 here, $2 there, $5 there, that kind of skews that number a little lower. So there's some people that are spending considerable amount of money backing campaigns on this site. Uh, and yeah, that I'm, was astonishing. It is 80 bucks on average. Wow. Cause I don't know about you. I don't think I've backed anything over 80 bucks at this point in my history. I think the most expensive thing I ever did was maybe 60. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I've backed a few things. And, um, one of those I actually was going to put in the show notes. I received a couple weeks ago. Um, Ooh. so this was a project I backed last year and it came in. It was like, you know, Christmas in September. <laughs> that was the, <laughs> the massive remember? darkness Kickstarter. And maybe we can talk about that on our next show because I'm not totally ready to, 
talk about it now, but it was a pile of miniatures. Um, It's a board (laughs) game. And yeah, as we already kind of dipped into a little bit earlier. um, Do you have more things to paint now? I have lots of things to paint. You can come over, man. We'll uh, throw a little painting party. (laughs) We'll get them all done. There have been some mixed reactions to, I think, Mm -hmm. how the game plays. The, the components themselves look, look pretty great. And, of course, I enjoyed just unboxing everything and looking at what the haul was. Right. But I kind of want to reserve talking about it until I've had a chance maybe to look at the rules and perhaps play it to just That's fair. sort of, yeah, give an opinion. So I don't want to end up like our buddy that has a backer regret forever now that he's back <laughs> thousands and thousands of dollars of, of games that didn't quite pan out to his, his uh, wishes. Yeah. I feel bad for that guy. That's a lot of money to oh, come away from it. It is. With regret and disappointment in yeah. almost everything that you've bought. Yeah, because you hope that when you put down a large sum of money that you're going to come away with a good feeling, right? Yeah. No one wants to have buyer's remorse or backer's no. remorse. But but yeah, so I was going to mention that, yeah, the, just that one. I think that one was like $120. And then I'd also backed Gloomhaven, another board game of considerable size that I th- it might have been like, like around $100 as well. Hmm. Is, that, is that right? I'd have to go back and find the numbers, but it's in that ballpark. Right. But, you know, these are also large-sized board games that, that retail for this much or more. So, you know, in some ways it, it feels like it's worth it. So I guess the, the replayability and the, the gameplay of it at the end will really tell the truth. But I feel like at least in those cases, too, it's just a huge number of miniatures. I mean, it's hard to buy that much plastic in a game in a game store for that price at you know, in any way. So at the very least, you end up with um, miniatures that could be serviceable in some other game. Sure. So crafts, we found ourselves returning to the sea of animal pins. We we thought we'd escaped it whenever we left the art category, but we found more. What is it about America? Is it America? Is that where this springs from? Is this an American institution that their fascination with enamel pins. I didn't know, honestly, before we hit the art category, I didn't even know that enamel pins were necessarily a thing, aside from the one time we went to Disney and my daughter did some pin swapping with people, right? And there's people that were all in on that, definitely. But is that what it is? Is this for pin swapping type of things? I suppose. Like, this is not a segment I know a lot about either. I know that... um (laughs) <laughs> uh, packs, you know, the Penny Arcade Expos. Yeah. Of course, trading pins is a big, is big culture there, too. Yep. And even at WWDC, uh, the Worldwide Developers Conference for Apple, this past year, Apple kind of got in on the enamel pin ba- bandwagon, too, and what? gave out enamel pins, yep, to the uh, conference attendees. And boy, Brian, I want some of those pins. I sh- I I've got a few no friends I need that. to shake down for their pins. Did Johnny Ive design them? Yeah, I'm sure he was actively engaged in that project. So enamel pins weren't the worst things that you found, were they? Brian, I uncovered something else. <laughs> you did. Pray yeah, tell, Chris. What did you find? Was So there are two active fursuit campaigns. I'm sorry, what? In play in the crafts category. Brian, can you tell me about fursuits? You're saying the words I'm thinking you're saying, right? You said fur suit, right? Fur suit. Is this 
like camouflage so that you can hide in the wilderness and be hidden or mm-hmm. not 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 same thing oh, okay so mm-hmm. i just pulled up one of them that you found <laughs> i don't i don't want to share the title of it because i don't want to so I'm trying to start, quote, I am trying to start a fursuit making business, selling tails for now. Only problem is I need money for fur and supplies. This is a thing? We sell fursuits? Mm-hmm. What do we do this with is, them? This <gasps> is for your, uh, your, your lads and lasses that like to dress themselves up in some... This is for furries. Like, fur, furries? Yeah. See, I'd heard of them, Chris, and I'm not judging... But I did. I it never occurred to me that there would be a market for making <laughs> fursuits for furries. I guess it's a thing. Yeah, I just saw them and kind of wanted to educate myself on them quickly. And a Google <laughs> search started revealing some things. You didn't that, Google that at work, did you? No, I waited until I got home. I didn't want <laughs> to set off the, of the alarms. <laughs> You're on a list yeah. somewhere. I, IT security shows uh-huh. up. We're, we're sorry. We're going to need to exit, exit you from the building. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who are the fursuits for, Brian? They're for furries. We've, we've clarified that. Are, are these people that were mascots? I didn't even think of that. Is that what this is? This is less deviant than <laughs> I guess we initially thought. Well, is this just mascot? No, I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's pretty deviant, but I'm just wondering how you get into that space. I don't know. Is it a is it like a fan fiction type of thing from some universe where it's romanticized yeah. and glorified? Maybe we're gonna get mail. Yeah, we're showing our age here. I think we're we're being intolerant. Yeah, of, I think so. <laughs> get, get off my lawn! <laughs> Back in my day, yeah. So are we ready to talk about uh, some of the things that we found that actually? Had merit to us. Yeah, we probably should. The fursuits just kind of shut me down. Yeah. So that is not what you backed. Yeah. So this week was, like I said, kind of tough for me. Right. I was really worried that we were going to get to the end and I was going to be unable to find anything that I thought that um, <laughs> I'd be able to back. Right? Right. I don't know how you were feeling about that, but I yeah. really felt like in the spirit of the show that I needed to knuckle down and find something and get in there and a make a small it dollar amount behind it. So I did. Um, <laughs> yeah, there, there yeah. was a project and I can't think of it at mine. There was a project that I, I thought was interesting. Okay. They were taking reclaimed wood and packaging it in a way that it had easy peel and stick surfacing on the back of it so mm-hmm. that you could resurface a wall in a decorative way. And that was actually something that I've considered doing to my home office before. So I thought that was kind of clever, but I really, it was a kind of high dollar amount to back to get in there, you know, over a hundred dollars. And that's, it just seemed like if you're going to do an entire wall, the price that I would have had to go in on for a product that is, you know, sight unseen. Sure. Just seemed, seemed a little too, too risky, too, too risky. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'd also have to, pass it by my wife <laughs> hey hon i'm just gonna back gonna this throw in on this a bunch of yeah. wood's gonna show up at the house i'm gonna put it on the wall it might hope, not hope show like up it. but we are so, gonna pay yeah it may never show up that's right 
<laughs> so I didn't didn't go there, and uh, yeah. But that was so, and that was kind of a half-hearted runner-up. But right. I don't know if it was really a runner-up because it was never really in contention as something I was going to back. But I thought it was at least noteworthy and an uh, interesting idea. The other angle they had on it too was that by backing their project, they would plant trees. Hmm. So it's supposed to be a sustainable angle, and y- you know, honestly, I think that's a I mean, that's a very noble cause, sure. and, and something we should be worried about environmentally. But I really just felt like because I was drawn in there by the product, I really wanted to see more about the product and really less about the sort of feel-good story behind it. Right. Sort of like Tom's shoes or... You wanted substance, not right. fluff. Like, yeah. I love knowing... I don't own any Tom's, but I love, I love that concept that, hey, you buy a pair of shoes and we give a pair of shoes to someone in need. The same thing with Warby Parker. You buy a pair of glasses from Warby Parker and they give a pair to someone in the world that's in need. You know, if you want to dig deep into that, you can find the information on how they accomplish it. But I think just sure. knowing that is great. And then you just immediately turn your attention to the product that you're, right. you're after. That makes sense. Sell me a product, not a yeah. so, story. Yeah. Exactly. I had a similar type of thing. I almost backed something. I, I will th- therefore call it a runner-up. That was a handcrafted pen. And I figured this might have tickled you too, given how much you like writing implements. <laughs> but there were very attractive handcrafted pens made of wood and and very interesting designs. But when it came right down to it, the the money that they were asking for it was more than I wanted to spend on a writing implement. No matter how fancy, it's just not. I don't write enough to warrant spending whatever it was. I think it was sixty sixty five dollars on a pen and mm-hmm. or especially explaining that to my wife yeah i, I backed a, a pen for sixty dollars but uh it'll be really pretty but i really liked it a lot <laughs> i just couldn't pull the trigger just because of that value proposition it just wasn't worth what they were asking for my use for that so i didn't do that yeah those those look those pens looked cool you know i did see those and um, yeah yeah, you're right. I have a healthy respect for analog tools. I mean, I use, I actually use a fountain pen and little notebooks every day. But oh, yeah. for me, I chose not to back this campaign too. Honestly, for two reasons. One, mainly because it wasn't a fountain pen. Mm, okay. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and but I guess two, I knew that if I was going to put fifty dollars on a pen right now, that there are many other pens that I've already got my eye set on, right? <laughs> You're so, saturated for the pen market in terms of desire. <laughs> yeah, I can think of probably a half dozen pens at that price point that I already want. That's um, fantastic. And probably leading the pack is the Tw- Twisby Eco, which is a demonstrator <laughs> fountain pen, um, which is probably leading the list for me right now. And even that's less than 50 or $60. Um, I think they're probably around $40. I love um, whenever we peel away another layer of the Chris desire onion <laughs> where you've got, <laughs> oh, well, sure. Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to spend 50 bucks on a pen, I've already got my eye on these six that are, <laughs> that really <laughs> strike something in me deep and meaningful. <laughs> That's yeah, you're fantastic. probably like, I didn't, I didn't know you could spend $50 on a pen. And I I'm like, oh yeah, I've got honestly at didn't. least... I have a five Bic. or six lined up and <laughs> yeah. And 
I'm a you simple know, man. And for people that are really into pens, too, even that amount of money is not a very high dollar amount. Oh, I'm Same sure. Same thing like we were talking about people and watches today, right? Well, you just oh, can't yeah. find a good lady's watch for less than $10,000. <laughs> oh, you can't. <laughs> good grief. It's a tough world, isn't it? Yeah. So my actual runner-up for yes. this week, I didn't back, but it's a weird one. Uh, I'll just say what it is. It's called the Awful Box. And I thought it was a very well-done campaign making something that was interesting and put together very well, but I can't see ever spending money on it. Uh, the The whole conceit is it is a essentially a gift box for the person who has everything. And it's a novelty gift box. So it's for, it's almost like a joke gift. The types of things that you get in it are, I think the funniest ones are the carry on mud flaps so that your carry on luggage, whenever you pulling it through the airport, you have mud flaps for the wheels. That's the kind of thing we're talking about here. I think that the the other one was the hand milked honey from a, a single source, a single bee. They, you know, obviously they don't milk a single bee, but that's the kind of things it is. It's just kind of tongue in cheek with these very cheeky little things. I think there's seven things in the box. Yeah. There's one for the foodie, which is the hand-milked honey. One for the jet setter, the luggage mud flaps. For the home, a zero-emission zero candle with micro-matches. And then they have three additional elements in the box that are for the techie, for the animal lover, and for the commuter, which you have no idea what they're going to be, and then an additional bonus item. And so... It's just one of those kind of gag gift ideas that I think would be kind of neat, but just not something that I would buy or send to someone just because I'm not the kind of person that sends $60 gag gifts to people either. So um, I think that's how much it is. Yeah. $60 yeah, it's is not cheap. for an awful box. Yeah. And you can't buy the pieces, the individual items piecemeal, right? You have to subscribe to the, Correct. the, the box. I mean, you can get... Single items. They have lower oh, tiers you where you can get like the honey, the hand milked honey. Yeah. Oh. But if you want the whole box, it's $60. And it, I just found it a cute, well executed idea, but I couldn't see backing it. Yeah. I sort of got that it's a comedy piece. Yes. Something about the way they presented it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I, I had a hard time putting my finger on okay. exactly what it was. Because I thought some of the products were clever. You know, the idea of a zero-emission candle with no wick. That's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I still have a life-size picture of somebody milking a single bee. Yeah. I don't know. I think it was just the angle they took where they were sort of attacking... what Bespoke items. Box of the Month clubs. Yeah, services. It's like, if people are enjoying those things, let people enjoy those things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. It's another get off my lawn. Because their other, oh yeah, it's like their other project was. Uh, oh yeah, I think they were like business cards or magnets that you could put on other cars to basically shame people into parking better. And yes. you know, it's just a super passive aggressive product. It, it that only serves them. It doesn't actually. It's not going to change anything. No, um, but I admit I I do like them a lot. Okay, I was going to say to me it just seems like there's the kind of people that engage in comment wars on 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 news threads or rage tweet back and forth and pointless twitter arguments or 
just mm, can't okay. function as a part of the normal moral social tapestry of society or whatever. So I was just like, ah, it's just, it's just kind of exhausting in some ways, but I did think the products themselves were kind of clever. Yeah. So they just snipe from the sidelines instead of interact with humans like humans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's valid. And you know, and if they're not, I mean, then I guess I'm sorry that I misread that. I guess <laughs> what I'm saying is maybe what I'm saying is presentation matters. <laughs> All right. But, Shall we go over our final picks, Chris? Yeah. Do you want to do yours first? Or you've been talking. I can do mine. Do it. So, yeah, like I said, I was having a hard time finding something. But this one project did catch my eye. It was the Brontosaurus Quetzalcoatlus. Ooh. Ooh. That's a big one. That's a 30-cent word. And the Fiji Merman Skeleton Mermaid. Mermaid. Fiji Mermaid or Merman, your choice, Skeleton Kits. So... What this is, is this is a project by Herbert Hoover, and Herbert Hoover also had the distinction of serving the United States as our 31st president. What? <laughs> Herbert Hoover? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh-huh. Apparently, he's still around making projects on Kickstarter. Probably not the same Herbert Hoover. <laughs> and... This guy's had some other successful projects uh, along this same line. So this is the next wave of models, if you will. These are tiny SARS. And what they are is they're these little model kits that, when assembled completely, are just like two inches tall. Hmm. And so there were some different backing levels, and this project was to bring three new models into the product line, the Brontosaurus, the Quetzalcoatlus, and the Fiji Mermaid. So there were different backing levels you could get in here. I think starting at an $8 pledge for each individual model, you could pitch in $21 to back to get all three. And then there were some other pledge levels too, where you could get additional add-ons with your your models like glue or tweezers, uh, basically other items to help put for help you put them together so you can assemble them and then i think there were even some pledge levels where you could have them come pre-assembled in display kits so uh-huh. i just sort of thought this would be a fun little project and could be a little curiosity that i have on my desk at work along with other curiosities i have like little lego <laughs> models or vintage star wars action figures i admit i thought it was something that you're gonna have Nathan try to put together or play with or whatever. But then it it looks like it's kind of fragile, so it would probably just end up being a a wad of paper whenever he got done. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, so he's two and a half. I think this is a little beyond his skill level right now. He's still having <laughs> trouble drawing circles. <laughs> but Fair enough. Yeah, I thought I, I enjoy doing models. I enjoy painting miniatures and uh, kit bashing different things. So... In the end, I felt like this would be a fun little project to to build and put together, and I ended up backing the the Brontosaurus. Ah, okay. Yeah. Nice. I didn't even actually know what a Fiji mermaid was. No. <laughs> yeah. What is a Fiji mermaid? Uh, I think it's like a sideshow thing. Oh, or yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. Like they used it was to one sew of those together fake like skeletons of right, like half. Half person, half dolphin or whatever. They would right stitch together. You used to see this at sideshows where people would stitch together like half of a monkey and half of a <laughs> trout or something together, right? <laughs> and then 
then mummify it, and you'd see it in Ripley's Believe It or Not, the amazing right. monkey mermaid man thing. Uh, yeah. So I think the Fiji mermaid is something along those uh, those same lines. But Very it nice. makes her a fun little fun little skeleton. Well, good. It, yeah, like I said, you know, this adds to his line. I'm going to go ahead and give a plug to everythingtiny.com, which is where the rest of this guy's models live. And, um, yeah, if you're interested, you can go there and get the models created, both in this Kickstarter, since it's closed now, and as well as earlier campaigns. He's got other models, like the T-Rex, Triceratops, human skeletons, too, and all sorts of fun stuff. It's a good one. Way to go, dude. You found something, and it's not an enamel yeah. pin. One out of two hundred and one hundred and twenty-six. One out of one hundred twenty-six. So, what'd you find, man? After much digging I, and almost pulling the trigger on a few things, I finally decided on the Notebook Trust, the smart organizer for anything, and it's a notebook that combines a weekly planner, a to-do list, a sketchbook, card slots, a phone case, a coin bag. And it's wrapped in a very nice leather case. It's got an interesting little connection mechanism to keep everything together. Different kinds of paper, like uh, ruled paper and grid and to-do lists and weekly plan paper. It just, utility of this thing, to me, is really great. And especially, I have a feeling this will probably go to my daughter, because she loves to collect things and thoughts and pictures and little keepsakes from various things and put them kind of haphazardly like in her Kindle case for lack of anywhere better to put it. And so I could see her embracing this as a way to document various things and keep track of stuff, especially with school. So uh, I just thought it was very well put together yeah. and and useful. So I like, I guess that's what I'm finding is the things that I'm backing, I want to have some utility or function or something that has a utility to me rather than just be solely decorative or solely anything. Does that make sense? So hence sure. the coffee Absolutely. mug and the notebook organizer. So yeah, uh, th- this one was pretty cool. I dug into this. This is by someone, I don't know whether this is their company or what, but Senart, their Australian and they've oh, done Aussies. Yeah. They've done 10 different projects and have had success and have six su- have failed too. But this one went great guns. It is 1934% funded. Well, it's interesting that their, their goal was only $158. Yeah. To put this That's together. Interesting. It yeah. is. So can this use uh, any kind of paper like the refills? Actually, now that I look at it, they have, Refills available on Etsy. So, yeah, I only saw this one kind of in the thumbnail, but I looked at it and I thought, um, you know, I still use. Um, I mean, you've seen them—the little field notes yes. most of the time. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I've already got a system that I'm comfortable with and fits in my pocket. So I really didn't ever didn't didn't explore this one that much. But um, yeah, it looks like a nice piece of kit. Yeah. So that is crafts this week. We did it. We survived it. Oh, we we talked about crafts. Yeah, I feel good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> so next week. Oh God, I don't feel good. Now I don't feel good. <laughs> Are we doing? Oh, it? I'm just gonna make that noise. Yeah, I think, I think we're we gonna do, do it. it. Are we doing it? 
this is this is what we're doing. We're gonna do dance next week. You and me. We got to. We got to. We're going to. Maybe maybe we can find a like this a is, pop and lock uh, tutorial video that we can back. <laughs> and you and me. I'm into that. I know you are. That's why I want to do it. I took breakdance lessons when I was in fifth grade. <laughs> is that how you can move so sweetly? <laughs> mm-hmm. Is that what you credit your sassy... It's like ride, riding a bike. You never forget the muscle memory. <laughs> oh, All right. Dance. We're doing it. Oh. Shall we wrap things up tonight? Yes. I guess we should. I don't have anything else for us tonight. And uh, we don't run too long, I suppose. No. Cool. All right, Brian, take us home. That's all of our time today. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back very soon with another episode where we will be exploring and backing one campaign from the God Help Us Dance category. Backers was produced by Brian Dupuy and Chris Rump. You can find the show notes for this episode and our previous episodes at our website, backerspodcast.com. You can contact us on Twitter at, at @backerspodcast or our individual Twitter accounts. I'm at Cold Forge and Chris. I am at Rumpy. Join us again next time, and until then, back responsible.